0: what's up guys you've reached another episode of the second life and it's a joseph kim podcast hosted by yours truly thank you for tuning in i appreciate you guys it's gonna be an awesome episode today i just wanted to share really quickly about uh your story because that's what we did in the first episode was sharing your story and why it's actually important to unmute yourself you know it's kind of a thing where, why haven't you shared your story? And so you guys got a, a really huge taste, a feast, with the first episode going into one of the probably larger stories that I have told. And there's plenty of stories. And really, it's like, why? Why would you want to tell your story? Because it's you could go straight to advertising. You can go into branding. You could do everything just to be to the point lay out the facts, but that's not how we operate as human beings. Think of it when you're making a buying decision. Do you typically make buying decisions for the most part based on the facts and the costs? A lot of times your greatest investments were made because of your emotions. So there's actually a difference, and we'll kind of go through a little um, story within a story itself of how uh, there's a difference between branding and storytelling. A lot of times it's, well, businesses are about branding, storytelling is for individuals, right? Not necessarily. You could actually look at stories like Tom's with the shoes and also, uh, Apple of how uh, Steve Jobs was such an incredible storyteller. Cause for you to trigger an emotion with your stories, that's how people make a decision. Whether it's a good thing or not, you could trigger the emotions of excitement. You could trigger the emotion of sadness. You can even trigger the emotion of something controversial called anger. But why are you telling your story? And I actually want to read uh, before we go to what the basics are and how you could actually share your story. And this is a really unique story of an individual who he... Had a seventh grade education and dropped out, but he was all about tasting different ventures. And he started this opportunity for 40 years. I think it was that he was at 40 years old, was his age, and he wanted to start a restaurant. And he got turned down so much because of many different conflicts and wars. So you may Kind of figure out who this is it's so unique so later he attempted to franchise this restaurant which i thought whenever you start a restaurant you want to start a foundation-based business like a foundation restaurant like one restaurant instead of just let me start a bunch of restaurants uh, kind of like mcdonald's so he had the, this recipe that had many different flavors kind of like dr pepper but it's not the dr pepper story the recipe got rejected 1009 times before the final approval. Gosh, imagine what you go through. Imagine you going through that process, going through that timeline of being rejected one after one after one after one until a, a thousand, not a hundred, but a thousand nine times before he got his approval. And that recipe, Blossom a restaurant called Kentucky fried chicken which uh they gosh uh he sold the company for two million dollars and his face is still the logo which is amazing and uh the moral to it it's um it's really when, when you go into the story so that that's a pretty cool story i believe everybody should know that story when you're in economics class or if you're in storytelling class or business class you learn about colonel sanders and he has such a compelling story. But does that mean you have to tell such a, an awesome or a, a crazy story like that? Um, you can. But you also have a story that might not be, may not seem as impactful. So you end up muting yourself. And you become voiceless, which is a darn shame. So some of the basics about telling a story is one... What's the conflict? There has to be some kind of resistance, something that makes the story move. Who's the hero? It most times would be you, would be the hero. Where's the suspense? We I think call that today the hook. Where's the hook? Uh, The suspense could be the the climatic point that uh, draws the emotion. It gets you hooked in. Because when you're sharing a story, think of it as... Passing along your gift to the next person, whoever would listen. How will the conflict resolve? Because a lot of times when you watch movies like Rocky, or you'll, you'll watch Fast and the Furious, or you can watch uh, Harry Potter, um, any of those movies with Rocky, there, there usually is some kind of form of adversity. It could be from a sequel, the adversity that never was solved from one. That's where you could create a sequel to continue. And really, that could be a discussion. How far can you stretch the conflict? And what's the point? Why are you sharing your story? Does this have a a message that you want to share? Or is it just simply inspiration? A lot of times, the stories I share would be a source of inspiration. Um, Like the trip that I took to the Grand Canyon. So this was actually... What what's so suspenseful about this? I was the last flight before the lockdowns happened back in twenty twenty. So I fly to Phoenix, Arizona, and I believe Arizona was the last state to announce their lockdown. So I, I arrived, and it was a ghost town. It was pretty you know empty. Uh, going to the airport before that felt like The Walking Dead or any kind of zombie movies. Like okay, who's crawling? Who's lurking beneath? And it's amazing that. Take the flight. There's probably two people on the flight, so I had the conversation with the uh, first officer, which is the co-pilot. Uh, had a whole entire conversation. I said, "Don't you need to be back to the uh, pilot over there to, you know, kind of help him with his navigation?" And he's like, "Oh, that's okay. Nobody else is in the air," which I found out we were one of only three flights that left Atlanta that day. So I got to stay a few days in Arizona, and I said, "You know what? Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think anybody's at the park." Because I believe because of lockdown, it scared everybody. So why not just go ahead and sneak a trip to the Grand Canyon? So mind you, around this time, this was about March. And it was about 75 degrees in Phoenix, Arizona. I only carry a light track jacket, something very thin, had shorts, had a hat. I think it was a Dr. Pepper hat at the time. And I took off. 75 degrees going up. And sometimes with the inspiration there that that. Conflict that happens, or the suspense builds up as you see the temperature gauge on your dash that says 75, 73 degrees Fahrenheit, 62. And this is me going north about 30 minutes. It was down to 53 degrees. And then, as soon as I get up to around Flagstaff, there's a, a halfway point, then you make a climb through some back route uh, roads. In, As soon as I arrived at the gate, it was 30 degrees, 40-mile-an-hour gusts, and a blizzard was approaching. Mind you, I didn't have a lot of time because I didn't tell you that I was short on time because they were about to shut the state down. And what happens when the, the, the state gets shut down, you have to go into quarantine for 14 days. You remember those days? And so... I got to enjoy the trip to the Grand Canyon with shorts and a ball cap and a very thin jacket. Man, it was an incredible experience. Uh, Thank goodness for cold showers, cold immersion. I was able to uh, get to uh, the Grand Canyon. But they were about to close the gates. And so I didn't know this. I knew none of this. And... I would uh, do my pictures. I would actually see the sights. I mean, it's beautiful. When you see a gust, like huge gusts of wind, a snowstorm that's approaching, you can see it from the distance. Because if you ever go to the Grand Canyon, it's a beautiful, beautiful sight. So leaving, I didn't realize there was um, a park ranger that was trying to chase me down. Because I was one of maybe three families that went to the Grand Canyon that day. And they were trying to chase people down so that we don't get locked in. So... On my way out, I couldn't get the car going. The uh, the, eight, the heat went out. Then the blizzard hits. Oh my goodness. I couldn't get the car to move. It stalled. It was a rental car, for God's sakes. And as soon as I could get the car going, it took about 25 minutes. And I'm freezing my tail off because the temperatures drop 26, 25, 24, 23 degrees. And the blizzard's full in effect. I'm hearing patches of snow just smacking the windshield. And uh I'm uh I'm making I finally get the heat going. Had to uh probably I think I punched the radiator or something. I shouldn't have done that, it's a rental car, but I had to get the heat going because I had to get the um the back vent going um and then the front I had to make sure that I could see. I mean running your windshield wipers is not enough. And so I'm leaving and then right before my eyes, again the visibility becomes less and less. I thought I saw a tree fall down or it was like standing up. It was really strange. But it was a, an elk. <laughs> Those things are tall. I think they stand at about six feet before you reach its torso. And it's crazy that the elk blocked my way. And then the whole family started coming. Fortunately for the park ranger, they got to see it on the other side. I flashed my lights and uh, the park ranger yelled at me like crazy and said, you know, we could have locked you in. And you probably would have been locked in for about 14 days. Because they're about to lock the state down. You got to leave. So I was able to leave in the nick of time. I think they were announcing the lockdown at noon, um, Arizona time. And my flight left. It delayed a little bit. And my flight left right at 1145 in the morning. So the moral of the story, when you're going to take a trip like this and you really, really want to push for this site and attraction, you should go for it. (laughs) Call me crazy. But um, there, there was a lot of suspense involved, and there was a chance that I could have been stranded, and I probably would have been an Arizona uh, native instead, or I would have been a, a member of the Arizona um, State Club there instead of being back here in Georgia. Um, and back to the what's the point It's why does it matter to me? Why, why do you tell your story? And I, t- I took some notes, and really your story shows you how far you've come. From the time of these suspenseful suspenseful events, uh, you learn more about who you are. You typically don't learn about yourself while you're going through these situations because you're focused on the present. Usually, it's down the road, months, years. It could be days down the road that you can learn about who you are. Now, you probably have heard that, well, you know what you're made of. Well, keep in mind... Your situation today, how you handle your situation today is a reflection of the training beforehand that led up to these events. Sometimes they're scheduled, sometimes they're not. And it's not when the events actually happen, but afterwards that you can recount what happened. You could catch the lessons along the way. So that's really, really neat. And it could reveal a message, especially if it's something that's impacted your life. It it can reveal a message that uh, comes from behind the whole entire chaos. So why would you share stories? I think this is a great way for you to uh, connect. It brings people together. Because you can be infatuated with the facts. You can be so uh, in awe with how amazing these numbers are. But you become more relatable when you could share a story because you are involving emotions. And when you can get somebody's emotions triggered in a way, whether it's, again, sadness, anger, or excitement, then you have them hooked because you have them enter in. They've accepted your invitation. They go through this journey with you. Especially the reason why you want to share your story also uh it's for them to be the hero in the story, whether it's your story, you could be sharing the story all the time, every time, as many times as you want. But then when your story relates to the current situation they're in, then they can really get hooked and they will put themselves in the story. It's just like playing a video game. Who's player one? It's you. It's you who's player two i mean whoever the player is the character may have already been sketched out every the storyline might have been written out on how you would carry yourself in this game but remember you're the one that creates the actions you're the one who gets to write the narrative you get to tell the story as it unfolds so why do you want to become a voice to unmute your story Because becoming voiceless is selfish. When you tell your story, or when you don't tell your story, you've prevented somebody else from possibly obtaining hope. Because, again, why do you tell the story? What's the purpose behind it? You may have gone through something that was traumatic, like your childhood, or an accident that happened recently. Or it could be something that was so amazing as walking across the street and you found a hundred dollar bill and that was the hundred dollars you needed to pay for your lights or else your lights would have been shut off and your kids would have been sleeping in the cold. It triggers so much and uh, remember with branding, branding to me does not prioritize the emotions. It's putting a message out. It's putting an image out based on how people can see or sense, but not necessarily feel. That's why the story is important, because you want somebody to feel your impact. You don't have to lay out all the facts. There's not an exact science to do this. There's not really a correct way to tell a story. Because why do they call it the art of storytelling? Because it's a form that you could develop, and you could develop with your own language. So the purpose, someone's listening. Maybe you might need the publicity to address an issue. It really does connect us. And, but most importantly, others that do join your story, can enjoy the ride because you're taking them on a ride, a roller coaster ride, a lot of times, right? But they can also contribute to this ongoing story. I do want to share another great story where it was a turning point in my life um, because to be able to. Go through this, I never would have expected this to happen. So it was 2017, 2017, it was June, and I was at the height of my career entrepreneurship. I had owned a couple businesses, I still run a few of those today. And we were at this conference, I got to be a guest speaker at it, and uh, one of the several guest speakers. It was a great time. It was, it was a good feeling. It's euphoric to get the audience engaged. But then what you don't know behind that story was I had gone through so much, and you probably heard it from the first episode, that there were a lot of injuries and a lot of accidents that were adding up. And when you leave something unaddressed, especially if you don't tell it in a story form, they start building up they start building up it becomes the ugliest and the most stuffed pimple that you wish you did not have and a lot of times when you have an outburst and it's the reaction from the pented up emotion the pented up story you couldn't tell think of it like popping the zit from your nose and it just becomes ugly and you're not supposed to pick those um Uh, pick that acne. You're supposed to treat it. So how do you treat it? You go through a deep cleanse. And so I didn't do any of that. This was issues. I had addictions. I had superiority complexes. I felt that I was better than other people because I was beneath other people. Keep that in mind. That's a tip. You don't want to be both of those. You want to be even keeled. So I was uh, also doing my duty as a leader, as a servant leader. So I would serve people, other entrepreneurs that needed to get to the airport, because it was quite a ride to get there. There was not an airport shuttle to take you there. The hotel uh, was uh, pretty far away. So I was doing that, laboring tirelessly, five, six hours, and then getting back to the room. I fell asleep for about an hour, and a, a knock on the door, and came in one of my best friends. And so he didn't say a word. He literally walked. All the way across the room, sits on the couch, and to this day, I I had no idea what he was going to say was going to be a catalyst that changed the course of my thinking and my life. And he sits there, and he starts shaking his head, and a little tear. I couldn't he I couldn't see it, but I could feel it, that. He felt like he was giving up. And he said, he looked up. He didn't even call me by name. He usually calls me by name or calls me by nickname JK. He just looked up. He said, there's only two things I could tell you. You need to think about what you think about. And just know that anytime you're sharing your story or you're out there in the in the trenches, he called it, people will be watching you. From this point on, that started a three-month excommunication. We've been best friends for decades. And he told me those two things, shook his head, wiped tears from his face, and he walked away. There was no guarantee that we would ever speak again. That year has, had become the summer of masculinity. I will go into another episode about masculinity And how it's important to address this. How it's important that I was lit I got lucky that I didn't end it. It didn't end for me without pursuing two major things that I believe men need to pursue. Which one is purpose and two excellence. I was doing none of those. I got away with everything. I wasn't going I I felt like I was going somewhere, but I wasn't. And so this story became a story of the fallen hero, the hero's journey where he fell from grace, where he had to he had the help of no one, being the one who had to go on on this journey finding his own support system or really as as most reasons why most people stay muted is if they feel like that their story is ineffective and that they're living through a life of obscurity obscurity meaning nobody else acknowledges or sees you and i don't believe that and um it it, it brings emotion to me sometimes the the pain because before your story becomes a masterpiece it starts as a disaster it starts as a fall any movies you watch today it starts with the protagonist having to run away from something having to find place of refuge but that's why you need to tell your story because every single human being is going through something and that it it goes to it goes in vain if you don't tell that story. Your delivery. You can do a multitude of things. There's multiple ways you can tell your story. Uh, one of the most traditional forms of telling your story is taking out a pad of paper, or you can use your device and open the notepad and and start typing or writing writing or typing, and just write it out. You'll be able to make adjustments along the way. You may not have to do, I was born on this day, and if you have to, do it. Another way to tell your story is to uh, talk to someone you trust. Because maybe you're not ready to tell your story. Maybe you feel like you don't have enough experiences that you went through. you feel like that your experiences weren't significant enough to tell your story. I believe it is. Because it's not the comparison of somebody's uh, magnitude of the, the conflict that they went through that would affect most people. I believe if you're the most relatable, you could possibly be the most impactful. Your delivery may not have to be loud, boisterous. You might be monotone and quiet, but the peep out of your mouth, opens these words and these words start painting this picture because i believe people can be very visual but you also have those that are auditory they like to listen or they like to feel remember back to the emotions the feel so you could share with a close friend but keeping the story inside of you and keeping it locked away can possibly become one of the biggest regrets Yes, you can experience a lot of things. You could obtain a lot of things. You should be able to tell a story. If you won the lottery, if you married somebody who is very significant, who you got to share the journey with, the the car of your choice, or you were given a house, it could be as huge as that. Or it could be the story of I can now walk to the post office or to my mailbox to check the mail because I was borderline morbidly obese and couldn't take a step out of my bed. I'd simply fall and bang the floor. Or it could be as simple as I reconnected with a lost relative who ran away. Or I ran away and I came back. It may not be significant to everybody else, but who cares? Your story doesn't have to have a specific audience. But I'll tell you a guarantee, I don't make many guarantees, is that whoever you tell your story to, somebody's gonna listen. Somebody will be impacted. And guess what? It's not the only story you'll ever tell, because the more you start getting comfortable telling your story, you're going to tell more stories. You're going to have fun with it. Because then now you could start telling your story to a larger audience. You could speak to a church. Speak to a school. You could speak to your business association when you're networking. You could be a keynote speaker. Perhaps Tony Robbins. Gary Vaynerchuk. May you host an event and may ask you to come speak. You could also tell your story by something like this. Watching on video, putting yourself on video, whether you post it on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. You could also post about it as well, meaning your story may not have to be video. And I just had to think about it because when you're posting something on your social media... Does it have to be the trending things, the dances, all those things? Not necessarily. You can actually share your story in these little tiles, little by little. And you could break it up. Because once you have told your story or you wrote it out or you typed it out, you can segment those pieces of the story that you've told, that you've told yourself. Now... I I do want to briefly cover about a story that you don't want to tell. It's the ones that's in your mind. The stories that tell you that you can't do this, or this person's cheating that, or this thing will never work out. Stop it. That's not the story you want to tell. We are bombarded with hundreds of millions of negative thoughts a day. But then we're also bombarded with these stories of things that have not happened. If there was some data out there of what actually manifests through these negative made-up stories, it's probably less than three-tenths of a percent. They won't manifest and become true. So I think people deserve to hear your story. I believe you deserve to tell it. I believe people deserve to hear it because it's it's so important. But really, telling the story can also help with emptying it out, emptying out uh, your mind. It, it helps with clearing the mechanism, clearing the, the, the cache, C-A-C-H-E, it's in your phone, any electronic. It's this temporary files. I know you're going to be able to retell the story over and over again. But I really encourage you to just, whether it's your brand, whether it's your personal life, you have a story to share. Whether you have a, a delicious coffee drink that you're you're putting in the market, you have a story as to what comes about. That's what I love doing when I meet people. I ask them, hey, what's the story behind this? And to see the eyes light up of the business owner to say, man, I want you to read this, but I love it when they tell the story based on what's from in here and from here. And they just project the story and to be able to listen to it all the way through. Wow. You made it. You not only made it, you're thriving right now. And now you have this incredible byproduct. Because the byproduct of your story could be intangible as impact. Impact could manifest in different ways. It could be a product that's born, it could be a service that you're providing to other people. So I think, I believe that you need to, right here, right now, if I wanna uh, give you a call to action, it's to stop this recording as soon as possible. Pull out your phone. Open the notepad. Especially if you have a business. Especially if you just went through something traumatic. It may, it, it will draw feelings. Again, those three. Sadness, anger, or excitement. If you can find a way inside of you. To muster the courage to start typing or to start writing the first word. Yes, revisiting a traumatic story can be very painful. But what's the justice for yourself if you keep that story inside of you? Because now it can lead to many mental conditions, not just depression, not just becoming overweight, it can cause more serious things. And I've, uh, I've met countless people who have autoimmune disorders where the immune system fights them. The human, the body that it was gifted, possibly because of the stress. And sometimes you don't know where the stress is coming from. You think it's the person cutting you off on the road. Or it could be the deadlines at work. Or it could be your family. But no. If you can go back, to tell the story. And I bet, and I want to bet this as well. And then we're um, we're about to close this. I bet if you do not, if you tell your story, especially if you're going to go digging in the past, to address it and to come to peace with it, I believe you're able to free yourself from that trauma. That it doesn't stay inside of you forever. And that, like cleaning your skin when you do these masks these mud masks it'll actually go into the pores to clean it because when you go digging into your skin and it's trying to come back out of the pores you'll break out that's just what happens it's just so much dirt because the ingredients of of, uh, of skincare products they're so no matter if they're natural or synthetic they're so rich that you only apply a little and it and you're like man i broke out everywhere that's what might happen that's my word of warning to you when you go back to tell your story. But what happens eventually is your skin will clear. And, and the old skin will pretty much shed. And then you have a beautiful face, beautiful skin. That's what happens with your story is that when you go deep into it. And again, you don't have to share it with everybody. You don't even have to share it with anybody. You could share it amongst yourself, but it's on something, on a device, on a tablet, on a notepad. Once you finally have it out, (sighs) you could take a deep breath and exhale, nice and deep. Because wow, you finally dug into the traumatic experience or experiences, all that stuff. And you've now put it on something else so that now... Your traumatic past does not control you anymore. How exciting would that be? And especially with brands. Brands are the same way. Companies that you have. You have a story of how that came about. There might be some trauma as to what created the catalyst to start that company. And their stories as you're running the company. That's why I love Shark Tank sometimes. That's why I like... Uh, 30 for 30 with, uh, with the athletes. You go behind the scenes. And um, I, I want to wrap with, uh, with the final story. I've posted about this uh, recently on my Instagram. So I was uh, finishing a training that I didn't want to go to. And this was because um, I had a background in engineering. And so we did some training with some custom builds, things like that, and some other things. And uh, was going home. It was four degrees, for goodness sakes. I was ready to go home. I was tired. We were putting in, I think, 10-hour training days. If you could train somebody for 10 hours, I don't know how long your mouth is running. So I'm at the airport, and I, uh, I wasn't having it. I was having one of those crap type of experiences. Because if you ever travel and you, you can handle the stress like a champion, <laughs> all hail to you. Me and travel, I don't know. As much as I enjoy the air, it's the whole process of getting to the airplane. It's uh, the most difficult for me. (laughs) So I'm at Chicago, O'Hare International. And I was just having a bad day, and uh, I didn't want to have it. I almost started a fight at the airport because somebody was walking in my way. (laughs) I got to work on that. I'm like, but I I realized later, I was in their way. So I was about to start a fight. I was about to possibly... uh, trigger some police action and chicago does not play going downtown chicago is not fun from what i was told so i come up to and i said okay there's gotta be something that i could salvage here okay flying through delta went to the uh the gate agent because uh the app was acting up and so i was trying to get a reprint of a ticket and you have these medallion levels where you're you're given certain status meaning um you you can have opportunities to upgrade i said man the last thing I want to do is sit in the middle seat because I didn't have a seat assigned because it was a a full flight, but it did put me on the reserve list for an upgrade. It's like, okay, great. Um, I hope I don't get a middle seat. I hope I don't get a middle seat. Sometimes that story in your head and I go to the, uh, the desk, but there was a gentleman that comes up big guy. I didn't know who he was. And he said, go ahead. I said, okay, well, Thank you. I appreciate you. Sure. Because you're on crutches, my guy. You you have like a knee brace on. I mean, you want me to pick you up and carry you? You laughed a little bit because I wanted to lighten it up because sometimes when you're going through the most horrific times and you're sad or you're, you're angry, um, the best thing, especially when you're if you find somebody who's also angry, sad, depressed, is to try to bring sunshine to them. And perhaps your attitude changes just like that because your emotions, they can change, but just don't let them lead you. They can be great indicators, but terrible navigators. So I went in and checked the, for the availability, and I usually like to ask for... I like to ask up. I like to negotiate up. I says, hey, um, first class seat available, 2B, 2C. Those are the aisle seats, because I go to the bathroom a lot, because I drink a lot of water. <laughs> so I said, no, sir, we, we don't have any seats available. I was about... Mm, I was bawling my... I was getting really angry. And and I was ready to, like, wrestle somebody. So there's a there's a caveat to this, or a, a thing to this. So they actually provided me a seat Delta Comfort Plus. I said, okay, I could take that. Yeah, because uh, you get free beverage, you get uh, more roomier seats, and you board earlier. That's what I wanted because I had – because the flight was full, and I had a check-in bag – or um, a carry-on bag. And I thought I'd had to check it in. I was like, oh, God, this is crazy. So – Mind you, I'm I'm walking back and I'm like, wait a minute, this guy looks familiar. It wasn't his his status or his face. I'm very terrible at recognizing celebrities face to face. It could be Tom Cruise. We're the same height. And I wouldn't be able to recognize him. Like, hey dude, get out of the way. Move over. And but I saw on the back of the shirt it says buff. I didn't see the front of the shirt, so I said, man, I gotta go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom, ran over there, went to the bathroom, I said, I'm gonna talk to this guy and see what's going on. And I go back to the uh to the front and he was just done talking to the the desk uh agent and he couldn't get an upgrade to anything i'm like okay we'll work we'll work this out and we worked it out and we end up getting him an aisle seat Helped him out he says thanks brother appreciate you he's sit- situated i'm like why am i feeling nervous this is feeling really really crazy and um i said you know what i think i know this guy and I looked up the tattoo. I says, "Oh, I think I know this guy." I walked up. I says, "Hey, um, I recognize you by your tattoo. Do you did you happen to wrestle professionally?" And he said, "As a matter of fact, I did. I was um, I'm a five time champion." I said, "Wait a minute, you're you're somebody I know, and um, you you always wore these tall top hats." He says, "Yeah, yeah." I said, "I think I know what you're saying, but." Um, I'm having a really pissy day and I I don't like, I don't like this whole situation. You want to arm wrestle? (laughs) He said, yeah, let's do this. And so, but other people started catching on like, okay, this is, this is not going to be good. And so, um, police actually were dispatched (laughs) to come to our gate because most people probably heard we were going to wrestle. That's why you got to get the facts straight sometimes in a story. We went on to arm wrestle. He gloriously whooped my butt after me trying to struggle for 42 seconds because somebody timed it and said, oh, my God, young man, you're doing great. Bam. Oh, And so I lose in, in gallant defeat. I was a valiant warrior, he says. I said, wait a minute. Aren't you buff Bagwell? And he said, I'm buff the stuff. And the girls can't get enough. I said, I love it. I said, "Um, you have a story to share. And um, can I ask you about your story with your knee? The crazy thing about being an experienced storyteller, meaning I told my story more than once or telling stories more than once. He said, there's something about you I trust. Let's have a seat. I said, well, let me watch your stuff. Would you like a coffee? He's like, no, I'm good. I appreciate everything. He's a very kind guy. He actually lives in the Atlanta area, a town called Marietta. And so um, we sit down. He told me this story how he was just with such bad people. He wasn't with the right people, and it was just – he was in tears. And um, usually I don't like to you know touch people, but I put my hand on his shoulder, and, I said, and he, he said um, – well, I, I knew him as Marcus, Marcus Bagwell. And he said, call me Mark. And, um, well, he told me to call Mark afterwards, but I said, Marcus, put my hand on his shoulders, big shoulders, he's got big traps, big, big shoulders, big back, uh, put my tiny hands on his back. And I said, um, brother, uh, I want you to tell the story and just know that your story is safe with me because your story has to be told. So he survived at least three car accidents that could have killed him. He was actually, he experienced three near death, um, within a three-year period of time. So he had three NDEs. And uh, he said, why are you wearing this semicolon shirt? It was actually from the first episode. I have this two semicolon shirts. And I said, um, it was initially for mental health awareness and for suicide awareness. But, I." and I went on to briefly tell my most recent near-death experience, and it put him to more tears. I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. And I gave him a big hug, and I said... Um, I'm very thankful that you shared the story because I want you to tell it to other people because you, you told me that you were not around really good people and that you were not around good medical professionals because they were making him take heavy medications. He had to still work. He had these interviews to do and he would fall asleep on the wheel and get into accidents. And this wasn't something that he planned to do. But after we got to the conclusion of our stories I said, man, I'd love to do a video with you. And this was after, you know, you couldn't tell his face was flushed. Um, and mine was too because I was I was in, in tears. But the police actually came and wanted to write me a ticket. And I almost got arrested because uh said, are you trying to disturb the peace? I'm like, we had an arm wrestling match. He says, well, uh, that's, a, that's a punishable offense. I'm like, okay, well, write me a ticket. And uh, Buff gets up and he's like, not over my dead body and he's like oh and so it created a nice little stir and that was the uh, the ending so we had uh, a great encounter but this is gonna be a great follow-up for him to actually share his story and then all the fun things because he was a fun guy when it came to uh, wrestling so but uh with that i mean that's pretty much all i want to share with telling your story Mm -hmm. i know we're gonna i'm probably gonna go into this a little bit more uh, detail and um, talk about how this uh, can be a help to you so I hope this helps definitely check this out uh, the episode will post on YouTube um, subscribe below for more and we'll have more episodes ready for you guys I believe it's going to be ready on Anchor and iTunes or Apple Podcasts and Spotify and then uh, we'll just rock and roll from there so with that said guys until next time you just tuned into the second life a joseph kim podcast we'll see you guys next time peace